Hello beautiful and welcome to Finding Fertility. I'm your host Monica Cox from FindingFertility.co and I created this podcast to help get you to start thinking outside of the box and realize that your infertility might have nothing to do with your lady bits. Rooted in functional medicine and personal experience, Finding Fertility is all about looking at the whole body and finding the root cause of your infertility. Finding Fertility does not diagnose, prescribe, or treat any issues of infertility, but what we do is take a holistic approach and improve your diet and your lifestyle to get you steps closer to creating your dream family. Just by being here with me, listening to this podcast, you're already going down the right path to making your dreams come true. Let's do this together. Hi, Amy. Welcome to the Finding Fertility podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. I know you're really busy launching your new book, The A Quality Diet. I will thank you for sending me an advanced copy. I was a little bit nervous before I got it because um, I'm very particular on what information I want my followers to know. And I was very pleasantly surprised that you are, you know, getting the word out there about autoimmune issues um, and how they have a huge, huge impact on fertility. So thank you so much for that. Thank you. Thank you for noticing because I agree. I mean, that's, and I, part of me does feel like I threw the book together fairly quickly because of the sense of urgency. I can't, I can't describe it any other way. It was, um, I have this information. I really wanted to get it out there. And I kept seeing, you know, more and more people talking about like the fertility, this fertility diet, do this fertility diet. And I just, you know, women come to me and they're so overwhelmed and it's like, no, this is actually what you need to do. And this is what you need to understand. You need to understand the immune system. You need to understand the gut. You need to understand inflammation and how it all actually plays together to impact not just egg quality, but fertility. Um, I called it the egg quality diet just because I thought it would be like, it would capture as many people as possible. But like, you know, with your trained eyes, you know, you know, you kind of know what I'm after, you know, that I, you know, I've been practicing for 17 years as an acupuncturist and herbalist and I've been writing books for 11 years. And um, I just started to see over and over again that like what women want, they don't actually know what they need, you know, and they know what they want. So they know they want to improve egg quality, but they don't understand why egg quality is compromised in the first place. And it has very little to do with age. And the research supports that actually it has much more to do with our modern lifestyle and our immune system and our gut health and autoimmunity. And so, um, you know, to me, it was like needing to get this information out ASAP because I hear I'd like the doctors that are aware of how diet impacts fertility will say like, oh, Mediterranean diet or a paleo diet. And I don't even think that's, um, and I, you know, I send love to all you guys listening, but I don't even think that's enough for a lot of the cases. Oh yeah. My, it's too big. My, and I talk my, about that. In the book. My yeah. listeners know that yeah. um, I went paleo for a whole year because I had a uh, shambles of an IVF at 30 um, they told me my A quality was poor and there was nothing I can do to try IVF again. Luckily, we had a friend say, why don't you change your diet? And um, I'm like, I'm not unhealthy. I'm thin. Yeah. I'm fit. I'm mm-hmm. active. I'm not sick. I'm not on medication. And he's like, just change your diet. So we went paleo. We did it for a year. I improved so many aspects of my life, but I still wasn't getting pregnant. And we went and did another round of IVF. 
didn't even make it to day 28. And I improved my egg quality. We got embryos. We froze embryos. But I was like, what the fuck? Like, I was healthy. Like, at that point, you could not, like, get me. And luckily, um, as you reference in your book, uh, the paleo mom was blogging around that time. This was back in 2014. Mm-hmm. And um, I got diagnosed, finally found my answer that I had high natural killer, killer cells. cells. And I was like, okay. And because I was already on this path of um, health and wellness, I was like, I'll try it. Like, I've already tried paleo. I'll well, try it's not it. that hard to go AIP when you're already paleo, I don't think. I mean, the nuts are painful. Yeah. No, <laughs> man. Like, it was pretty <laughs> depressing um, because at the time I lived in the United Kingdom, um, and I kind of feel lucky because I'm originally from California. So at least all the good Mexican was not yeah. around. But yeah. the Indian food was out the door. Uh, the British people love their tomato. And I couldn't have tomato. I couldn't have my bolognese. I used to make an incredible chili. So I don't like, yes, it was easier, but it was still a mind fuck. It was still. Yeah, it, no, it is. I'm not yeah. going to underscore it. Yeah, it, it I mean, <laughs> I should underscore it. It is a mind fuck. It is not easy um even right but now with the book being out yeah with the book being out it's so amazing like so that's that's kind of where it started for me right so um you know I wrote I wrote my first book shot and get healthy just like a general women's health book 2010 I talked about epigenetics I talked about autoimmunity in there I talked about and I had a whole chapter about fertility and I talked about the importance of diet and eating nutrient-dense foods and bone broth and liver and stuff like that and then I took that chapter and made it into a whole book. And in 2014, yes, you can get pregnant. And there I really went into, because so before I became an acupuncturist, um, 17, well, I guess 21 years ago, I started acupuncture school. But so 25 years ago, I was a biology chemistry major in college. Then I went on to study, do research, study neuroscience. And so I've always been a bit of a research junkie, right? And when I was writing, yes, you can get pregnant, I you know, I was looking at all the data, all the research, I was trying to kind of in my brain, I like to connect the dots. That's kind of how I work. It's like very detective, like, and it's like, you know, mainly all these women that are not getting pregnant have ovulation disorders. That's what they were saying, kind of even back then, like 2013 is when I write in the book, right? Or they have structural issues. So ovulation disorders, it's usually PCOS, structural issues, usually endometriosis. And then there's all this like 40% of women that have unexplained infertility. And I was like, this is bullshit. Like this, this doesn't, the the dots are not connecting. And so, and at that point, right, I've been a clinician now for, you know, at that point, uh, I don't even know, 10, 12 years. And so you start to see the pattern. You see these girls coming in and no one's checked their thyroid or they're not being properly supported. I asked to get antibodies checked. Sure enough, they have Hashimoto's. No one's like, oh, I feel terrible when I eat gluten or dairy. Like no one's, and and they're seeing acupuncturists, they're seeing functional docs, they've done like, you know, maybe cleaner eating. So maybe they're eating sourdough or organic, you know, fermented grains, maybe they've cut out gluten and dairy, but they still, it's like you, they still are not getting pregnant, they still have a ton of symptoms. So in the book, there's a symptom questionnaire, and most, there's like 80 symptoms in there, but most women have like 20 to 30 symptoms, if not more, if they're really honest with themselves, like mm-hmm. brain fog, body aches, headaches. Um, and so, but when I was writing Yes, You Can't Get Pregnant, I just started to look at the research and it was pretty common that, you know, endo has, is an inflammatory condition, endometriosis, but it has autoimmune-like qualities. PCOS, 
same kind of thing. No one really wants to call it an autoimmune condition, but it acts like one. It, it yeah. responds well to treatment like one. Premature ovarian insufficiency, that's the new name. It used to be POF, right? That same thing. There's ovarian antibodies that some of these girls have, like, but no one's talking about it, right? So I had interviewed a couple doctors for the book, and there was this one doctor up at Yale Reproductive Medicine here in Connecticut, um, Hugh Taylor, Dr. Hugh Taylor. He runs the fertility clinic up there. He was like a friend of a friend, and he was gracious enough to get on the phone with me and talk. And I said to him, I was like, this, the research though, like, have you, and he was like, cause he does all this research on, uh, he was doing research on plastics and endocrine disrupting chemicals and how it was impacting not just fertility in this, in this population, but in our future children. And so I knew he was like, you know, on to something. And so I said to him, I'm like, do you think all of these unexplained infertility cases are actually undiagnosed or mismanaged autoimmune conditions. And he like, he like chuckles, he like leans back. We were on like a video call. Um, and he goes, he said something like, like he gave me a huge compliment basically. Like he was just like, wow. He's like, uh, honestly, you know, you're, you're ahead of most of the doctors in this field. And, um, he said, for instance, right now we're, we're, in, we're, we're implementing that every woman that comes to our clinic is getting tested for celiac and for Hashimoto's because we see such a high correlation in those two disease states with infertility. Um, and, and so they just kind of started from there. So then I had written this book and then now I have all these new women coming to me and the diet's working for some of them, maybe 30, 40% of them, but not all of them. Mm -hmm. I think the diet, the diet was kind of paleo, I suppose, but a little more heavier on the nutrient dense, heavier on the, I think the veg, most people, and including myself and maybe you, I don't know. Um, when I went paleo, I still wasn't eating enough vegetables and I was probably eating too many nuts and I was still eating a lot of like gluten-free grains. You know what I mean? Like I was still not hitting the marks. I'm like, it's like what coconut overload. Yeah. Yeah. You're yeah. like, <laughs> I'll just eat like all this almond paleo bread. It's so delicious with yeah. almond butter. You know what I mean? Like yeah. that's my meal. Um, my eczema got like worse. It was crazy. But, um, and for me, I, I can't really do nuts. And that's what I figured out doing, um, an elimination diet. But so then I started kind of, you know, same thing, Sarah Valentine, her book, the paleo approach was out. I, you know, I look over at my bookshelf cause it's like right there front and center. I always am in that book. It's, it's like a, an encyclopedia. Um, it is. and it's so it's big, I was like, overwhelming. Like, I'm just like, like, people are like, why do I remove lectins? I'm like, just go read that book. Because I can't explain it. <laughs> well, I was they're inflammatory, they're hard to digest, you know. Right? Like, go read her book. She's a I PhD was uh, like. following her on Instagram when she was writing the book, and then she like talked about how she like was getting her autoimmune issues back because of writing the book. And mm -hmm. then when I got the book, I was like, No shit, you got an autoimmune issue. This thing is insane. I know she's and so then the stress smart. factors. Yeah, she's so yeah, smart. Yeah. She's yeah. so smart. She actually, this is a side note, wouldn't endorse body belief um, because she didn't love the mental aspect that I talked about. She didn't feel it was scientifically based enough, which I was crushed at the moment, but I actually like respected her for it because she's just such a PhD, like nerdy science on the, she's like, I love all the food stuff you're talking about. And I, I like the research you've given from the mindset perspective, but I can't connect the dots of like emotional inflammation and autoimmunity. And I was like, okay. She's like, but at some point I'm sure we will. And, oh. and that was 20, you know, whenever body belief came out, I don't even know. Um, I don't even know 2018, yeah. I think or something like that, but, um, yeah, her book. <clears throat> so it started to change it for me where I was like, huh, you know, I started seeing these girls and I was like, take about beans. Let's see what, what moving beans does. Take this out. Let's see what this does. And then I started to see these recurrent, uh, pregnancy loss cake. I mean, I had a lot of them already, but 
And it led me down the rabbit hole of looking into, uh, you know, in Chinese medicine, right? Gut, gut health is like the main important show. Like if you are not absorbing your nutrition from the food you eat, or we say the air you breathe, you can't make the blood and the chi and the essence that you need to thrive. And so when we, even if a woman comes to me and she's just trying to get pregnant, but oh, side note, yeah, I have IBS. Side note, I have eczema or psoriasis. Side note, I have rosacea. Oh, I have achy joints. I have brain fog. I, I feel exhausted even after 11 hours of sleeping. I can't lose weight. I gained weight in college. I can't lose it. Those to me were like, oh, okay, there's like the body speaking. So I, thankfully I was trained that way of like, there's still something like, and they're like, but I eat so clean. And I'm like, give me a food diary. And it would be similar to what my food diary was, you know, um, a couple of years ago, or I'd say six years ago or something like that where they were just missing their marks on, I think, especially vegetables and especially fat. And there was way too many grains and carbohydrates, even good, healthy carbohydrates, right? It was just too many things were misbalanced. And so it just started um, when I started to see the symptoms go away, these chronic inflammatory symptoms in these women that maybe or maybe did not have like a lot of them have Hashimoto's, but not all of them. And I don't even test for celiac because what's the point? Like if you feel better off gluten, just stay off gluten. Do you know what I mean? Like, I don't even see the point. It's stupid. Um, and, and the testing can be so vague anyway. It's like in the food allergy testing doesn't mean anything. Um, so it was like, we started just doing these elimination diets. And then that's when I started, I, like, I literally, I felt like, oh my God, I found, you know, we found this secret thing. Like I felt like that years ago when I started using liver, you know, organ meats. Um, it was a Chinese medicine thing, but I was like, what I realized now, I know I'm on a total tangent, but this is a fun story. What I realized now I started using liver, gosh, it has to be probably 12, 15 years ago in my practice. I was treating the MTHFR mutation is what I was doing. And I, now I know it, but that back then I had no idea. I was just like nutrient dense food. I used to call it nature's B complex. You didn't, I even wouldn't even put girls on a prenatal. I would give spirulina liver probiotics, vitamin D and cod liver oil. That's it. That's all I took. I got pregnant with James like 40. I gave birth right before my 41st birthday. I never even took a prenatal. And I think I was actually, cause I have two copies of MTHFR. I was actually doing myself justice because all the prenatals then had folic acid. Right. <laughs> so I was like, I, I wasn't causing harm to my body. It's just kind of fascinating. But so you see the full evolution of things and, um, but yeah, thank you. Long story short, thank you for noticing the difference in the diet because I hear it all the time and I feel I feel terrible um, for women that are already going through fertility challenges, but then they come to me and they're like, and I've been paleo or I've been following your diet for two years and I'm still not pregnant. And it's like, okay, we're missing something somewhere. And not that I don't think my yes, you can get pregnant diet is wrong. I think it's a great starting point, but I also think I just didn't give them enough handholding. I give them seven days of a menu. Like, what's that? Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. now with, with the egg quality diet, it's literally like, here's a hundred days of menus. Like yeah. they're all macronutrient balanced. I've like covered your ass. These are the things you need to hit every single day. Um, let's see what happens. And uh, yeah, people are, there's a lot of emails coming in of girls like, so I wait, I have to cut out grains for how long? And I'm like, mm -hmm. you'll see though, you'll see, you'll see how life change. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so I have a program online called the fertility food program. And um, it is literally my, my bread and butter is find your food intolerances. Yeah. I don't care what it is deemed healthy. If you're intolerant yes. to it, it's going to fuck you up. So you mm -hmm. have to cut it out. And helping yeah. women and see, okay, well, you know, you have the top five, right? Corn, dairy, soy, gluten, and excess sugar. I said, if you've done that yeah. and you're still not seeing results, you're going to have to dig deeper. 
And um, yeah, just like you, a checklist, like these are the autoimmune issues. If you're dealing with any of these autoimmune issues, you have to start looking into an autoimmune paleo diet. Why an autoimmune paleo diet? It's the only diet out there that basically gets rid of everything. <laughs> like that, like it's obviously it's scientifically proven, but it. it is like, you thought you couldn't eat a lot before, you really ain't gonna eat a lot now. And like you say, I have uh, on and off the list for the food. It's like, stop hyper-focusing on what you can't eat and yeah. bring in all that food all that things. you're not eating. And yeah, liver is like the top. Like when I started eating liver, you could see it. You could just feel know, it and feel see it, it. Yeah. maximizes your body. Well, and did you see too, I talk about the study in, in the egg quality diet, the, the research. It, it's so great. It came out like literally, I was just wrapping up the book and the research that that study in the Journal of Aging came out in April of 2021. And I was like, just finishing edits. I, I put it in because it was so good. But it's Dr. Cara Fitzgerald, who she's actually up here in Connecticut near me. And she, they got a grant and they published research in the Journal of Aging. They took 37 men. So it was men, but I still think it's profound. 37 men through an eight-week protocol, which was very similar. It's like a very super clean eating, tons of vegetables, good quality animal protein, lots of fat. They were eating like six ounces of liver a week, minimal supplements. They had mindfulness 20 minutes, twice a day, movement 30 minutes, five times a week. They were sleeping seven to eight hours and they were on a, a probiotic that supports methylation. Um, a plantarum is this is the species, L plantarum. And that was it. And they took, they did their genetic age. So, you know, there's these tests now that you can test the genetic age versus your chronological age. They, they did their genetic age at the beginning. And then eight weeks later, took it again. These men took 3.2 years off of their genetic age in eight weeks. Yeah. yeah. It was like, Oh my gosh, that, that like, it just speaks, it, it's it just volumes. And they weren't even on supplements. That's the part too, that like blows my mind. Yeah. Cause it's like, and I say that in the book and I say it, I feel like everywhere these days, but like, and, and I'm sure you say it too. If your gut health is compromised, you're wasting your money right now. Well, it's expensive pee. It's it's like you're just pissing and it just gumming things up. Like yep. you need food-based <laughs> vitamins, first of all, if you're going to eat them, but you also need to be able to absorb them. And I think the physician's desk reference, you know, in the early 2000s said something, there was a research that they did. Most people only absorb 15, 1-5% of the actual vitamin that they take. Mm -hmm. So, and that's because we're all compromised in gut health. And so if we go and we do like AIP or an elimination diet, and I think lots of bone broth and healing foods and, um, then we can start absorbing our, like a, we're going to start absorbing nutrition from our foods, first of all. So that's where the thriving happens. And then the vitamins, yeah, they're like the cherry on top. They are not the only thing like, Oh, I take all my supplements. I don't understand why I'm not getting pregnant, right. you know, or I do the acupuncture. I take my supplements, uh, you know, I'm going to therapy, you know, you're doing, and you're doing so much great for yourself, but to step back and realize like your body is still talking to you that something isn't working and, and it's time to connect the dots. Yeah. I think it's really crazy. I mean, I, I didn't see a positive pregnancy test for almost five years, six years, maybe um, that's with two failed IVFs. And so I know the mindset through in and out about the vitamins, acupuncture, reflexology, you know, even like a clean diet. Like I would felt like I was doing all those things. And, um, now on the flip side, as a coach, as someone who studies functional medicine, it's um and a holistic healing and the mind and body connection those things are tangible yeah. 
and we don't we feel out of control with infertility and so especially yeah. the supplements we feel like we're doing something and IVF treatment and acupuncture and reflexology but I'm doing these things and it's it's really hard to help women get past that mindset of like okay the food is tangible we really want you to do the food but what's going to like flip your whole journey is your mindset about yourself about your food about your infertility and your self-love your self-worth because a lot of the time women don't understand that that's like all connected because if you don't have enough self-love you're not going to love yourself enough to stick to the diet nourish yourself yeah yeah sleep through the night to actually make the food choices that best support you to listen to your body of how it's talking to you like if you eat like i just had a woman she's coaching with me and she just got the copy of the equality diet i already had her on a similar diet but now she's really in it and she was sending me a food diary and i mean she she was eating super clean, but she still had a good amount of grains. And she's like, the one thing I forgot to mention to you is like, at the end of every day, I look like I'm six months pregnant. I don't feel bloated, but I look and I'm like, that's swelling, that's inflammation, you know? Um, But I don't even know that until we started working together, has she really connected the dots? And like, that's the biggest thing of like, actually listening to your body talk to you is a form of self-love. And then saying like, oh, okay, now I'm going to sit back. I'm going to try to reflect and see you know what I mean? Like, oh, this doesn't make me feel good. This does. Okay. So what should, how should I propel myself forward? But it, it I think the diet too, um, I couldn't agree with you more. It has to come from a place of um, healing and thriving, not positive pregnancy tests, which is so easy to say, you know, and um, I understand the mindset of the, the strong desire to have a child, you know? So it's like, Yes, I think that can be part of it, but there it has to be, you know, a deeper dive in of like, okay, why am I doing this? Like, and I keep saying that with this book of like discovery, exploration, like what can I learn about my body? How can I learn to better support it versus I'm going to do this diet for a hundred days. And if I'm not pregnant, then like, that's it. Nothing's worked for me, yeah. you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Um yeah, it's it's um, a very interesting journey if you let it be. You know, a lot of people, there's um, when we, I think most of us, when we start out during infertility years, it's very, why me? It's a victim yeah. card. Why yeah. has this happened? And it and, makes sense. You feel so left out and yeah. so overlooked. It's devastating. Yeah. It's really and devastating. As a society, we've just taken fertility for granted you know, and um, now I really try to emphasize like, look, it's not just about getting pregnant, because a lot of people, a lot of our listeners, you're dealing with reoccurring miscarriages, or you've had a loss, um, you know, even not getting pregnant. It's so much more than those two pink lines, because the reality is, and as you know, you see those two pink lines, the anxiety, yeah, there's a whole new level of stress, maps. <laughs> right i'm like you it doesn't stop there i always say that shit before the two pink lines because i'm telling you it does not stop there it gets worse yeah it's really hard and i say look it's this diet and lifestyle is just not only going to get you pregnant but it's going to set you set yourself up to handle some really hard times if they happen because we can't guarantee i've had two miscarriages you've had you know miscarriages and losses like that shit is hard. Yeah, it's hard. And, and it is. It's like, 
I think even for us, right? Like, I mean, I couldn't have been more prepared to deal with a miscarriage, if you will, from a professional perspective, but still when it happened, I was like, what the fuck just happened? Like that, and then just the time it takes to process it, it just is. And so now, yeah, anything, any any pregnancy after that is just like, you know, you're, I was a deer in headlights with my son, James, only because I knew of all the potential pitfalls. And I remember my mother saying to me one day, when are you going to start being excited about this pregnancy? At what point? And I was like, I, I remember I was like in my clinic, she helps me in my NIA clinic. And I like started to cry. And I was just like, mom, like, I don't even want to share with you that you were so lucky with what you went through your experiences with having two children and no losses. And it was easy peasy and all those things. I mean, she did almost die in delivery with me. So she had that problem, but um, <laughs> there's that piece. But um, I was like, the shit I have seen, like, I, I, it's just, and when girls ask me like, okay, so like now I'm in the clear and I'm like, you know, I just want to like hold it up for them. I'm like, I'm going to just keep cheering you on. Like I, I always say to them, I want you to be as naive as you possibly can be. And like, I hope it all just goes well, but shit does happen, you know, and it can be scary. Um, for me, it wasn't until like I had to do two anatomy scans because of my age. Um, and I opted not to do an amnio. And it wasn't until that second anatomy scan where I was like, okay, I think he's cruising now. Like if he's got, a, he's got all the things in the right places. All right, I think I can relax a little bit, but so 20 weeks. And I always say that to girls. It's like the first 20 weeks, we worry, worry, worry. And then the second 20 weeks, we're like, oh shit, I'm going to have a baby. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But all that mental and emotional and physical work you do leading up to that pregnancy just really lets stage. you handle all those pressures just a little bit better. Yeah, a little better. Um, and that, and also I think you know, finding someone like you or someone like me and then doing that, you know, I don't love the word work, but doing that work, you've done so much development on yourself and self-awareness. And I think you've created a, a deeper bond with yourself and a layer of respect that it's easier to ask for support and ask for help, which I do think is the key to getting through it is, um, you know, once, once you are pregnant, then there's this whole new level of anxieties. And so it's like, okay, but I know myself and I know I'm, you know, I'm doing like, it's almost like, I always say to girls, like, we're going to go in with a checkbox. Like we're going to check the boxes. Okay. We have this, we have this, and I have my support and I, the diet and the supplements and my doctors. And, um, but it's, it's, I think that level of awareness and, and self-respect and self-love really does help you mediate the anxiety and the stress when it comes up, or at the very least, know how to ask for help when you need it versus falling to the rabbit hole of like Dr. Google and, you know, yeah. all the forums. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Have you read the book, um, Origins, the first nine months? No. Oh, I think you'd be really interested in it. Um, it's all about like how the nine, first nine months of pregnancy affects the fetus. And you know how there can't be any clinical studies about stress on pregnancy, right? It's unethical. It will never happen. Yeah. Or even out. like essential oils or yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like nothing, yeah. right? <laughs> um, she went up to Canada after like a major uh, freeze storm. And so all these pregnant women were under like, you know, uh, yeah. crazy stress. And so she followed um, all the way up into adulthood and the impact of the stress of that stressful time she got to like document it's really interesting I so think it's like even that that ties into like transgenerational trauma like it's just so real and that that is like you know I love the tangible stuff like the diet and the supplements and the 
acupuncture and the herbs and all those things. But like, I, you know, the meat is really in that mental, emotional opening, like it's cracking people open and then healing, you know, those, those traumas that aren't ours to carry anymore, deciding to like forgive and let go. And um, we say that in Chinese medicine too. Like we are so protective of pregnant women. We say they shouldn't even watch scary movies. They shouldn't be around any kind of negativity. Like should only be joy and laughter and like watch comedies if you're going to watch anything um, and tell hopeful stories. So it's like, even like how women share like their, their horrible birth stories with other women. I'm like, why would you do that? <laughs> Yeah, I yeah. love you, but don't share unless they ask you to share, you know? Um, yeah, yeah. yeah, but it's, uh, we're hyper protective of their energy. I mean, it's harder in today's world. And then especially dealing with the population we deal with, these women have already been through so much and they know, they know, they know all the stories, right. You know, yeah. but um, yeah, it's, and I do think too, there's, there's definitely a connection, you know, and I talk about that in my book, Body Belief. There's definitely a connection between, you know, what I call mental, you know, inflammation and, you know, physical inflammation and, and, and how that's impacting things too. So you could have a diet totally in check and you could be AIP and still not getting pregnant. And we have to look at stress, right? And we have to look at the stress massively. We have to look yeah. at that HPA access. Are you in survival mode every day? Because survival mode is not procreation mode. It's just not, you know, and so how to shift people from surviving and and that's hard work especially for I mean and you know it five years in the journey like you are surviving you're just surviving that's all you're really doing um and hoping something eventually sticks right you know versus starting to thrive again yeah I would say like 90% of my clients that come to me it's literally down to the mental and emotional stress they've had either through childhood or adulthood or infertility most of the time it's wrapped into the three and as much as I can do the functional testing, get them on the right diet, get them targeted supplementation, I'm like, you need to go see a trained qualified therapist or do emotional freedom tapping or get into these blocks because this is where your infertility is coming from. I, I literally just had a woman who it was down to stress completely with secondary infertility. And I just kept saying to her, I was like, if you don't suss out your stress levels it's gonna be really hard for you to get pregnant and so she did a lot of hard work and yeah she got pregnant I mean yeah. within like um I think the yeah my course is only six weeks because I have an online course as well that I do with women and um yeah she was pregnant two weeks after the course and I mean, I don't want to be like, my course is so amazing. It got you. No, pregnant. but, but you have to look at all the layers. Yeah. And and that's what I see too. I agree. You know, it's um, even we did a post the other day on macros for fertility and oh my gosh, the feedback and the chatter. And, and you could just, you could feel like the wounds of women who were like lashing out about how the diet, like you know, isn't the thing or like, what do I really know? Like she's, you know, blah, blah, blah. It was like really harsh criticism from some of the women. Um, and it's to me that just speaks volumes of like their deep, deep wounds that yeah. need to be healed. And, you know, to not, not obviously I don't take it personally, but it's really, it's, it's, um, it's devastating to me that so many people go through life without, um, you know, checking into that piece because it, it is, it is the glue. It, it is the piece that holds it all together. And also, like I always say to me, it's not even about the positive pregnancy test, right? It's about me helping my women or, and their partners step into the best versions of themselves so that we can raise 
children in this world. You know what I mean? It's like, it's about becoming the kind of mother this world needs more than it's about just getting pregnant and carrying to term. Yeah. Like I want that shit worked out so you can be the mom that maybe you didn't get, you know what I mean? And then no, you know, I love my mom to pieces. She was really young when she had me and she had a, she had a very traumatic childhood and she had a lot of stuff that, you know, didn't get worked through. Right. And you know what I mean? And I, and I had a great upbringing, but like, you know what I mean? There was things that I didn't get taught or nurtured and, and I, there's not, not her fault. It's really not her fault. I, you know, I, I, I'm at peace with that at least, but um, think of there's general, like, you know, there's just, there's, thousands and millions of us out there with similar situations well what I talk about in my course and with my one-on-one clients is that like we've been taught that trauma is like sexual sexual abuse or physical Mm -hmm. or mental abuse or like a bad car accident or like you know like seeing someone die right like really big and then when you actually start breaking down trauma is anything if it affected you in a mental and emotional way that's called trauma and um it's not until someone actually gives you permission like i'm the same as you like i my parents were my mom was 21 um when she got knocked up my dad was really young they definitely did not deal with their bullshit and so it came on i had a great upbringing i never like went hungry i had lights my parents were around you know all that stuff but they just they couldn't mentally and emotionally be there for themselves. So how could they mentally, emotionally be there for your kid, right? 100%, yeah. But I didn't realize that that was actually having a really big impact on me that in my childhood, I didn't, I was emotionally neglected in a way that society, at the moment, I think it is shifting. I think we're definitely in this big shift, just wouldn't necessarily be like, you know, it's like, suck it up, you know, like, you that's can, it. You it's have like, it oh, bad. we had it bad. Again. I yeah, walked to school in the snow. <laughs> like, who cares? What? Exactly. I feel like I'm walking to school in the snow and I, I'm not. Yeah. So, but we weren't as heard and seen. Yeah. yeah. It's like, I, I couldn't agree more. Um, and I think that's it. And there is this level of neglect or just even then, um, you know, feeling like we're too much or like that we're not worthy. Like I, that's where the worthiness issues really do set in, which I do think is the root of all the limiting beliefs of these worthiness issues. And, and it sets in because there, you know, you didn't always get that like eye to eye contact from a parent that was like, you're feeling scared. How can I better support you right now? Versus don't be scared. Like just whatever. Yeah. Like, you know, I walked to school in the snow, yeah. like, what's your problem? Yeah, (laughs) and you're like oh so you were tough you were smart you were resilient like I'm a great performer like I you know great grades because everybody you know well I was just gonna say now that leads into I'm a hundred perfectionism yeah infertility the large majority of women are type a women and I like you have to step back why are you type a why do you have to perform every single day and go 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 like and judge yourself when you're not performing because then that's like the right you know like I'm sure you see it too. You get women working a 40 hour work week, doing IVF on top of that, (laughs) doing acupuncture on top of that, trying to eat clean, you know, and just like, I look back at my relationship, trying to, you know, a lot of them are like saving their, their partners, you know? Um, Oh yeah. hundred percent. I, I see, and I can talk about this in like the Chinese medicine world because it kind of makes sense to us. And I never mean to sound judgmental or overly, overly general when I say this, but there is a high correlation between autoimmune conditions and perfectionism a hundred percent. And in Chinese medicine, it makes perfect sense to us because it's all about the liver and it's like control, 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 the tighter I keep it. Like, 
even, and you can see a woman too with like perfect eyebrows. You're like, she's a control freak. <laughs> and I love your eyebrows. They're amazing. But, <laughs> yeah. but yeah, Chinese medicine, like to us, it's, it all makes sense. It's like, and I talk about that in body belief where it's like, autoimmunity is the body attacking itself on a cellular level. Where are you attacking yourself on an emotional level? So we need to curb that attack. We need to meet ourselves with compassion and grace. And, and it's not an easy process. And I think it's like a minute to minute process most days, you know, so it's, it's, it's not about it. And then it's, I, you know, not about striving for perfection in that it's about flexibility and like humanness, accepting your humanness. Like I'm human. I'm going to fuck it up sometimes, but I'm going to keep showing up as, as you know, and I'm going to learn. Right. And I'm going to hopefully show up as a better version of myself tomorrow than I did today. Yeah, exactly. I always say you don't have to be perfect to get pregnant. Like get that out of your head. Oh my head. god, no. Yeah. You don't have to be healthy to get pregnant. Get mm-hmm. that out of their head. The crack street on the crackhead on the side of the street has proven that to us. Yeah. Um, it's all about that inward. Um, yeah, I find um and gen- I do think there's an epigenetic thing with that, the crackhead thing, because it comes up a lot too. Oh, like, massively. It's if we're not living in support of our epigenetics, if we don't know how to live in support of our epigenetics, and that crackhead's typically younger and she can get away with it for longer. But yeah, yeah. um, but yeah, she also doesn't care, right? She's no you yeah. know, she's totally surrendered, right? That's what it, the drug's it, doing to her. She's uh, yeah, I think it um it just comes down to like you say, your genetics. She's not genetically prone to deal yeah. with those issues but um she will fall off her cliff eventually yeah eventually yeah yeah i know and so, god bless her like you know, I know we're all yeah, we're all here to serve her yeah, yeah. yeah yeah exactly um so what's your main mission with this book what would be your top thing mm. that you would love women to get out of this simplify book? i want to make it easier for you guys it's so fucking overwhelming you know it's like uh, and I, I hope that i've if you will proven as as the the, the recoverer the recovery um the what is it? The perfectionist in recovery and myself proven myself, you know, 17 years, almost 20 years of clinical experience. Um, I think I figured it out, you know, and I want to help women identify what is triggering their body and creating inflammation in their body and make it as simple as possible with it still being a very challenging elimination diet. I'm not going to lie on that part. Like it's, it's, it's the first 50 days are, are a little hard. Once you can start reintroducing, I think you start to feel a little more free. And you can reintroduce some things like by 30 days, but um, yes, yeah, simplification and then support because with the book comes this incredible resources page, which I don't know if you've checked that out yet either, but there's just, I just basically curated like the best of my best content and it's on there and then created more content for the reader. So there's meditations and every, every uh, shopping list and um you know, hack sheet that we have are all PDFs. You can download them. Like we've tried to make it as easy as possible. And then also highlight the different areas of support. Like uh, there's videos and information on sperm health. There's stuff on exercise, on mindset, emotional inflammation. So I've, what I didn't put in the book, I basically put on the website and, and trying to really hold their hand and then just simplify the process as much as I can, because I want to take the guesswork out of the diet piece. I just, yeah. I see so many women who are really, they really are They're They are doing great and they're doing their best and they weren't getting, they're not getting the proper guidance and they're, they're missing their marks. I think mostly, especially on vegetables and fat and, you know, and like the, the research is super cool on the macronutrients, which I know you probably know about of just like what we really need for fertility is, is pretty different than other, um, 
other levels of what we're trying to achieve. And so we really need the fat and we do need some carbs, not too low carb, but not too high carb. You know, it's just, there's a cool study in there of uh, this one doctor, he shifted the average girl in his clinic was like 60% carb. And I think about 10% protein and then maybe the rest fat. And he shifted her to 45% fat, 25 or so percent carbs and the rest protein and the pregnancy rates quadrupled. Yeah. Girls gone undergoing IVF. That was it. Like, and they didn't specify what kind of food, you know, it's kind of, kind of interesting. They just shifted less grains, basically, I think is what happened and, and more fat. Boom. You know, fascinating. Yeah, yeah exactly. Well, um, I would say I had to do this all myself. I mean, I obviously had the paleo mom to guide me through um, I did get pregnant naturally after eight years of infertility um, and it was literally down to my diet and lifestyle changes. I reversed my NK cells. I still have to live a certain way because um, that, because I'm highly intolerant to that stuff. I mean, Same. I'm pretty Same. sure I was infertile at 17. Like I'm just yeah. going to put it out there. Like <laughs> this has been a long ongoing thing for me, but um, yeah, I'm really excited that people are now talking about this because I've been talking about this for a really long time, but the more people talk about it, the more it socially becomes acceptable. Like, oh, she's saying it, she's saying it, she's saying it. Yeah, Maybe they know what they're talking about. Maybe yeah. I'll listen. <laughs> so I'm like I agree. excited. And I feel like I do, I make a good argument for it in the book too, of like, okay, listen, you are doing the diet, but it's still not coming together for you. So something's missing, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Um, and for some women, it is just cutting out gluten and dairy, and that's awesome for them. But for a lot of us, it is not just that. No. And um, yeah, so I think I think the research, like to simplify it, right? And and also, I just thought about that. Like it was like I woke up one day from sleep or something, and I I remember messaging my team, and I was like, "Let's make a hundred days of a diet." I'm going to make a book. I'm actually just going to give them a hundred days because I think that's what they need instead of just like this is the the template, like actually like here are a hundred days of menus. I mean, they are templates. You can move things around. However, you know, as long as you're still within the, the guidelines of each phase, but to make it easier because it's just, uh, it's not easy. Kind mm-hmm. of yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, I'm super excited for all these women because autoimmune I'm convinced is the next diabetes I think we're just oh, on the tip. Yeah, the, no, the ice. They say, the I think top. by the age of 40, one in four or one in eight women, but it's also interesting. The stats are very similar. One in eight women and one in eight women, you know, it's like, oh yeah, I think that kind of actually is the same stat. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we're dealing with autoimmune infertility yeah. challenges across the board. And then also, if you just sit and look at the pathologies of each of these diseases of endometriosis is a common cause of PCOS is a common cause. Um, guess what? That's basically, okay, so everything's an inflammatory and or an autoimmune condition. And they all respond well when you treat them like an autoimmune condition. That's kind of what I figured out, you know, and same thing. It's like seven, eight years ago where I was like, oh, okay, wow, this is pretty fascinating. Okay, so let's just, and not everybody likes to be told to take all the foods out that they need to take out. But the cool (laughs) thing is, the cool thing is, is you get to reintroduce and you see, right? So you get to figure out. Yeah. You know, like I can do sourdough a couple of days a week. Like I can't, I can't do almonds five days a week, but I can do sourdough a couple of days a week. Right. Fascinating yeah. to me. Yeah. Um, everybody's so different. So you eventually yeah. will get back to it. It is. Good. And yeah. I talk about, it's just your healing stage. You're healing yeah. right now. So you're, 
your gut you can't see but think of like a broken bone you know yeah. like you wouldn't take it out of the cast for a day just to like see yeah. how it goes or like if you have a big burn or scrape you mm. you tend to it you don't pick at it you know you leave it alone and that's what like the gut is and you need to heal the gut and then, then well I talk about like watching your normal health issues instead of focusing on pregnancy yep. because you're gonna feel like you're failing is yeah. you list your top five complaints yep, and exactly. watch those go away first because your fertility is highly likely going to be the last thing to click yep. because your body doesn't need it to survive so it's going to get everything that it wants to survive and then go okay now I have extra I'm like I'm that's it thriving it's now yep. so I'm going to give it to your ovaries to your and eggs. that's I did that too in here of like you know I encourage the checklist every week and that's your guidepost that's like yeah okay, I'm seeing my body change. And yes, fertility, unfortunately, usually is the last thing to kick in. And sometimes it's six months after everything else is healed. Sometimes it's a year after everything else is healed, but it does typically kick in. Yeah. At any age too. And I, I feel agree. so bad for yeah. these women who are like, well, I'm 37, I'm 39, I'm 41. It, it won't work for me. I'm like, even 44, 45. I have a plethora of women. I just, I have women 48, 47 making genetically normal embryos. You know, like that's not, no one talks about that. And that, that's kind of unheard of, but like, not that I encourage us waiting that long, but. Um, Cause I think you're just so mistreated. There's so much like racism around your age that that really does happen. It's crazy. Well, yeah. Um, I mean, speaking, I was, you know, yeah. I mean, I was only 35 and 37 when I had my boys and I was still borderline. Oh, you're yeah. old. Yeah. <laughs> like what? I'm probably healthier than like all the 18 year olds who are smoking outside of the like, you know, ultrasound thing. I'm like, don't tell me I'm old. <laughs> Insane. I know it's kind of terrible. It's kind of terrible. So finding the right people to support you too, who aren't going to look at just your age or even your FSH and your AMH, like they don't really mean much. They change all the time. Right. Um, it's really about, it is, it's about getting your body in, in tip top working condition and feeling your best. And then through that is, is where it should thrive. The baby should come through from there. Yeah. Well, I'm super excited that you're out there. Obviously, you've been in this industry for a really long time, but um, I think the more of us speaking a lot louder um, and standing up to these doctors and these naysayers who say it can't be done, um, I think we're going to hopefully shift the whole conversation of infertility to, um, yeah, you can. And maybe, you know, reduce the number of IVF babies, get some more natural pregnancies going um that's that would be nice because like you say it's the mission of epigenetics we want healthier children you know i think it's the um gen gen z is the generation who's predicted the first generation not to outlive or live as long as their parents and um uh, yeah it's so hopefully we can change that narrative that absolutely yeah so thank you so much for joining us today just let everyone know where they can um contact you get in touch with yeah. you buy your book um so the book is available anywhere books are sold it's called the egg quality diet you can find out more about me on my website amyraup.com and uh, i think instagram is a great place to follow me as well i'm really active on that channel and we post all the time and i do my fertility hot seats every other week and 
um, yeah, it's one of my favorite channels. So, you know, you can find me on social anywhere, but, but Instagram is one of my favorites. Nice. Cool. Well, thank you so much for thank taking you. your time out. You have a lovely day and I'm sure we'll um, meet again. Yes, absolutely. Thank you so much. Thank you once again for tuning in to the Finding Fertility podcast. If you're loving this podcast, please leave us a rating and review and let us know how this podcast is supporting you to get steps closer to creating your dream family. I hope you have a beautiful weekend and we will see you next Friday for another episode of the Finding Fertility podcast.